This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Time flies when you're having fun, and also when you're not. Either way, the clock keeps ticking. That's never more apparent than on December 31st when we look back at the previous year and talk about how we can't believe it is already over. But there was one year, over two millennia ago, when people did not feel like the time had slipped away. And that's because 46 BCE lasted a whopping 445 days. You see, the calendar has always been a bit tricky to nail down. For most of human history, years were measured using the seasons, and having exact dates and times wasn't that important. If you wanted to schedule an event, you wouldn't tell people to meet you on Saturday at 7 p.m. because the whole idea of a seven-day week and a 24-hour day didn't exist. Instead, you'd say something like, meet me at sundown on the night of the full moon. And let's be honest here, that sounds way cooler than how we schedule things today. Of course, many ancient cultures had tools like sundials and lunar calendars. In the Roman Empire, for example, one year was made up of 12 lunar cycles. Each lasted about 28 days. The problem was, this resulted in a year that was slightly shorter than the four seasons. Roman officials viewed the calendar as malleable, so they would add days here and there to make up the difference. But the system was far from perfect. Problems arose anytime politics got in the way of managing the calendar. The years before Julius Caesar rose to power were so turbulent that adding random days into the mix wasn't anybody's priority. By the time he took the throne in 49 BCE, April fell in the middle of the summer, and the harvest festival was three months before the actual harvest. Everything was out of whack. So to get things back on track, Caesar called for 46 BCE to be a transitional year with 90 extra days packed into it. He named it the Ultima Annus Confusionis, that is the final year of confusion. When 46 BCE was finally over, Caesar instituted the Julian calendar. Rather than being based on the cycles of the moon, this one followed the movements of the sun. It's where we get 30 and 31 day months, as well as leap years. The Julian calendar followed the seasons much more accurately, so it didn't need to be constantly altered. But still, it wasn't perfect. Roman astronomers had miscalculated the solar year by a mere 11 minutes. And this might not seem like much, but it added up. For every 128 years that passed, the calendar fell about one day behind the seasons. This meant that by 1582, the world was more than 10 days off. This problem came to the attention of Pope Gregory XIII, who suggested a few changes. First, they needed to make up for lost time, literally. Those living in Catholic Europe went to sleep on October 4th of 1582, but when they woke up the next morning, it wasn't October 5th. It was the 15th. They had jumped ahead 10 days. And to make sure the same thing didn't happen again, modern astronomers also needed to fix the Romans' miscalculation. 
They changed how leap years work just slightly, making any numbers divisible by 400 or 4,000 exempt. This small alteration guaranteed that the Gregorian calendar would remain accurate for the next 20,000 years. But not everyone was on board. The British government refused to institute the change for nearly two centuries, until they had lagged 11 days behind the rest of Western Europe. In 1752, British King George II had finally had enough. That September lasted just 19 days in the British Empire, allowing the nation to get back in line with the seasons. These days, the Gregorian calendar is considered the international standard, but that doesn't mean that every country and culture embraces it. Even now, the way humans keep time is not an exact science, and not everyone is about to celebrate the beginning of 2024. In Ethiopia, for example, people use a version of the ancient Coptic calendar, which has 13 months. Because of this, the current year there is 2016. Iran and Afghanistan both use the Persian solar Hizri calendar. In those countries, it's technically 1445. Nepal uses a traditional Hindu calendar that puts them about 56 years in the future, in 2080. But that's nothing compared to China. Their traditional calendar puts them all the way in 4720. So let this be a reminder, the time is an illusion. And the way that we measure it is curious indeed. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. As the new year approaches, you might be reaching into your fridge for a festive drink, like eggnog or champagne. In Scotland, though, they're mixing up a different kind of holiday beverage, one with a very curious history. It's called Athel Bros, and legends about this wintertime brew go back over 500 years. There are a couple of different versions of the story. The first one goes like this. There once was a giant who lived in the Scottish Highlands, in a region called Athol. The monster terrorized innocent people, spreading fear across the hills. A local hunter wanted to put a stop to the violence, but to defeat the beast, he had to be clever. Rather than attacking the giant outright, the hunter mixed up a vat of oatmeal, whiskey, cream, and honey, and set it out for the monster to eat. The spiked porridge was so strong that it put the beast into a never-ending stupor, thereby ending its reign of terror. 
Now, the second and more slightly believable version of the tale begins like this. In the late 15th century, the British Isles were racked by a series of battles known as the Wars of the Roses. People were fighting to gain control of the British throne, and they were willing to do just about anything to get it. Enter Ian MacDonald, a Scottish Earl. In 1475, Ian signed a traitorous agreement with British King Edward IV. The contract said that if England were to subdue Scotland, the Earl would be granted partial rulership over his homeland. And just like that, Ian stopped fighting England and began plotting a rebellion against his own leader, the Scottish King. Unfortunately for Ian, his plans weren't exactly secret. There were spies everywhere. Soon enough, word got around to another Scotsman named John Stuart. He was the Earl of Athol of the Highlands, the same area where our fabled giant had lived. Angered by Ian's traitorous actions, John set out to squash the uprising before it could even begin. And the Scottish spies gave John some important intel. Ian and his men had a specific date in mind for the rebellion. Until then, they were hiding out on a nearby hill, eating rations and getting water from one specific well. And that detail, the well, gave John an idea. The night before Ian's coup was scheduled to take place, John ordered his men to sneak into the enemy camp and sabotage their water supply by filling the well with oats, honey, and scotch. Apparently, Ian and his men didn't notice that their water had magically transformed into some kind of thick whiskey cocktail. I guess we're meant to suspend our disbelief at this point in history. That or the stuff just tasted so good that they didn't want to question it. Regardless, legend has it that Ian and his troops ate so much that they all passed out. In the morning, they were too exhausted to mount the rebellion. And there you have it. With nothing more than the power of a stiff drink, John had successfully stopped the uprising. Now, in both stories, Athel Bros originates in the Highlands, is made in massive quantities, and has a nearly mythical ability to leave people staggeringly drunk. It's believed to be one of the world's first cocktails, and it's remained popular throughout history. Thankfully, though, the recipe has since been refined. John Stewart's descendants made one big change in the early 1800s. They replaced the oatmeal with a mixture of blended oats and water, which was then strained to ensure a smooth, drinkable consistency. And this was, arguably, the first version of oat milk. Who knew that our favorite lattes could be traced back to a 15th-century Scottish cocktail, right? These days, Athel Bros is most often brewed during Hogmanay, which is the Scottish version of New Year's Eve. One of the country's most important holidays, Hogmanay celebrations feature torch-lit parades, swinging fireballs, and other ritualistic traditions. Plus, there's plenty of Athel Bros to go around. And hey, I can't think of a better way to ring in the new year than with flames, toasts, and strange stories. So cheers to 2024 and all the curious tales we've yet to discover. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.